Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sex Talk. I am so excited to be here. Today, it, our topic is um, sex and religion. And this one is a doozy. So, um, for the sake of time, like I said last time, I really want to keep it at a cap of 30 minutes. And I have a lot to say and I have a lot to share. So I want to stay focused. You guys know I got my notes ready and I got templates ready. These ones are so cute this week. So I'm really excited. Also, um, if you are watching this in playback, welcome back and please share this video. Please um, follow or send this Instagram account to people who you feel will benefit from having open dialogue about different topics regarding sex. So with that being said, I'll give people a few seconds to pop in while I get the templates ready. I got my notes ready. I got my water ready. I hope you got your drink ready. I hope you are comfy and cozy and ready to talk about sex and religion. Um, just like any other conversation I've had on, uh, on the sex talk or about the sex talk all these conversations are open um to be revisited later down the road because there's so much to unpack about these things um so don't ever feel like when we talk about a topic that's it we can always have a part two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty like literally we can keep talking about it because the the discussion is never over it's never complete because this is a very deep vast topic and um me personally um i'm gonna give a little context about my experience with religion but the experience i have with religion is very specific and one domination denomination so um yeah so with that being said i'm so excited that you're here and i really hope that you are having a fantastic day so um welcome back to the sex talk our topic is today is sex and religion so first and foremost what is religion and i'm going to be posting these templates later um i might not post all of them um because not every not all of them have content on them but it's okay i'm just gonna post the ones with further content on them and things like that so with that being said i googled the definition of religion like i always do i would i like to know what words mean um uh, in the context and where they were created especially man-made uh man-made when it comes to english english transformed from so many different ways and languages and root words and all that so it's like i like to know like root words and the cause of how a word came to be and things like that um because that really explains a lot for me that's how i learn and so uh the first definition of uh religion i think it's funny because of what i think about religion but number one it says the belief in in and worship of a superhuman controlling power especially a personal god or gods so that's number one keep that in your keep that in your you know boom put that back there and then number two a particular system of faith and worship system of faith and worship i think that's so interesting number three a pursuit or interest to which someone ascribes supreme importance i literally think that all three of these definitions are so interesting in the way that they in the way that they explain religion right um and so boom number two let's keep it moving 
I'm sorry, I gotta, next time I gotta move the words down a little more, but uh, the next one says, what is your history with religion? I'm asking that to you, whoever's watching this, and I'm gonna give a little bit of context and history about my experience with religion, where I came from, and just a little tiny bit of uh, the experiences I had, right? And so I grew up Black Pentecost, and I say Black Pentecost because I think that there is a very distinct difference um, between races and um, how they experience religion, right? Um, especially how religion and Christianity was uh, introduced to black people um, back in the slave days. Um, so I started going to church on a consistent basis from about about five years old to 18. Never missed a Sunday, Tuesday Bible study, uh, choir rehearsal. I had the ruffle socks, big dresses, all that crazy stuff, like never. Like from, from five to 18, like that's exactly how it was, you know? And so um, Pentecost means the Christian festival celebrating the dis descent of the Holy Spirit on the disciples of Jesus after his ascension, held on the seventh day after Easter, right? Um, so if you can relate, put a thumbs up or comment. Let me know what your experience with religion is. Um, and if that's something that's sacred to you or something that you're not ready to disclose publicly, feel free to DM me because I can always talk about religion, especially if we're like, you know. So uh, the church I grew up at believed in the four steps of salvation and so explaining what that means is the four steps of salvation is what you what what I was raised to believe is that you have to follow the four steps of salvation to access heaven and so it's number one repent be baptized in Jesus name filled with the Holy Spirit and live an overcoming life um, and so it was like really interesting how uh, how we were taught to seek God in all these different ways um, and I was explaining, I, I've actually, in my, in my later 20s, the, the friends that I've met, uh, when I explained to them my experience of religion and explained to them, like, yo, like, when we got baptized, we got a certificate for that. Or when we got the Holy Spirit, quote, unquote, um, we got a certificate for that. And so, um, and my friends were like, what are you talking about? And so, growing up, like, if you got baptized, they'll, they'll give you, they'll write down your name and the day you gave your life over to Christ, put the date on it, and that was like your stamp of approval. And it was some weird stuff too. Like they'll give you a mailbox too at the church. <laughs> they'll, give you, they'll give you a mailbox at the church if you if you if you got the Holy Ghost, if you got the Holy Spirit. And so the way that you the way that people uh tarried after you after you repent, give your life back over to Christ, uh, you know, get submerged in water in the name of Jesus then you have to tarry for the Holy Spirit with two or more witnesses who are qualified in the church right so you'll go up to the altar and you'll tell the ministers like y'all want to tarry for the Holy Spirit and then um they'll take you to the prayer room after service and uh and then um you'll just tarry for the Holy Ghost and tarry means wait and so you're basically like waiting for the Holy Spirit. So you're praying and you're repeating Jesus's name and doing all this stuff and just saying these things over and over until until God uh, feels <laughs> until God feels you are deserving of the Holy Spirit and all this other stuff. It was crazy. So when I was 12, I was like very much like 
terrified into getting the Holy Spirit and getting baptized uh, because I was uh, afraid of being left behind in the rapture. And if you are a religious person and you came up in a specific denomination, then you know what I mean when I talk about the rapture. But that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> then moving on to my timeline, um, 18 to 24, my, my attendance became pretty sporadic, but I had a deep yearning for community and because I was heavily influenced by doctrine, I believed that the only way I could get community was through the church. And that's how I was raised. Like, that's how you go meet people. That's how you go meet righteous people who do right by you. But honestly, my experience with growing up at the church or being around church people, church identified people, um, is that, like, I've, I've been, like, you know, like, I'd rather go to the street and find people because of the experiences I've had with church people. Actually, people that I've met in the streets. <laughs> treat me better than the people I've met in the church. People I was raised with, right? Um, and then moving on to, from about 24 to 26, I joined a Kojic church, which was very interesting. And Kojic is another denomination. So I grew up Pentecost and Kojic was very similar, but they their practices were uh, kind of different in the way that they seek God. And so... Uh, Kojic is a Trinitarian Pentecost holiness denomination and the church teaches three separate and distinct works of grace that God um, performs in the life of believers, which is salvation, sanctification and baptism of or filling of the Holy Ghost. Um, so when I started going to the Kojic church, I thought it was really interesting because it was a lot of similarities. But when it came to the Holy Spirit in that experience, that intimate experience is very different. Um, and if you if you ever experience a Kojic church, you probably you probably can relate. You probably know what I'm talking about. Um, super charismatic. Both these churches that I grew up at. Uh, or All the churches that I went to were predominantly African-American Um and they're very charismatic, loud, hand clapping, tongue talking, d jumping around, dancing around the church. Uh, and that's and honestly like what I've learned in those type of settings is that's the way that you show you show yourself approved. You show that you're so, you know, like you're holy. Right. Um, and so like that's just a thing. <laughs> right. And so um, anyway, moving on. When I was uh, when I was 27, I decided to go to discipleship training school. Um, and so if you don't know what that means, feel free to drop a comment. I can explain. Um, but basically, it was like, it was like a Jesus camp. And I was like, yo, I'm just trying to see God. Like, I want to say for as long as I could remember, um, I had a, a deep yearning for spirituality or to find um, to find faith or hold on to something that was um spiritual you know um but when i went to dts i had this really profound awakening um and then i uh and so what i would how i explained my experience at dts was like um it was in madison wisconsin and if you know me if you've known me for about like in the last since 2019 i actually went last year so i had all this these different transformations in these last few years of my life but i went to discipleship training school in madison wisconsin and um and it was very different um i was the only i was the only person of color like me in that dts and um and that was a very different experience and i think it was so profound for me because I needed to be around, I needed to be really alone to have the type of encounter with uh, God I wanted to have, right? And so 
Um, so there was a few moments that I had an undeniable encounter with God. And if you've been following me for a while, you know that I'm a spiritual person. I do believe in God. However, I do believe that there are different channels and avenues and ways in which you can connect to your higher power, whether you call your higher power God, higher power God or not, you know? Um, so I had these undeniable uh, encounters that genu genuinely changed me and changed my perspective. And instead of, you know, instead of believing that God was a dictator over my life, I started to realize that God was a partner to me and I needed to partner with God to work through my life. Um, and instead of being like, okay, do I go left? Do I go right? Whole nother conversation, whole nother type of topic or whatever. But um, I ended up coming home after DTS and started piecing together all these inconsistencies and and um here we are you know and so i want to say 2019 when i came back to minnesota um i started investing a lot of time into entrepreneurship excuse me and learning about business and what was crazy was entrepreneurship when i started learning about entrepreneurship and customer retention um it really made me look at any person place or thing charging any money for a spiritual work in a church context uh like tithes and offering right and so i believe personally that spiritual work is um it should be free i think that there are healing workers and spiritual workers that um what's the word i'm looking for they should be paid for their time like compensated for their time especially people of color um but i don't think that people should be charging for something that should be free to access you know um also just want to check in really quick is everybody tracking because i know that i'm spinning out a lot of information very fast uh, i just want to make sure we're on like on track so send me a thumbs up or drop a comment if you are um tracking or following along or taking notes or you need me to double back quick okay um so my experience with church is really interesting and i know that it's very similar to a lot of people's experience. And then on top of that, um, I checked out this uh, docu-series on Netflix. It's called Explain. And there's an episode called Cults, it's Cults Explain, C-U-L-T-S, Cults Explain. And basically it breaks down um, different cults and interviews, different people from cults. It's, most of them are ex-cult members. Um, and it talks about the, the grooming process of getting people to join a cult and it it is ridiculously similar similar to the church experience, but I think it's um, I think it's super profound. And even though I didn't like, I wasn't in a cult, quote unquote. It was it was mind blowing how similar it was to um, my experience when I watched it. <laughs> um, so, do I believe in religion anymore? It's a hard no. However, I reflect on I, I I respect other people's processes and belief systems. But for me, religion is not it, right? <laughs> so that's number one. <laughs> and now we can breathe. I think I'm doing pretty good for time. Um, so moving on, what is sex, right? So I went, um, like I, like I, like I did with religion, I looked up what religion means. And when I looked up what sex means, I genuinely typed in define sex. It, like, I was actually disheartened with the lack of information that was there um, to explain what that is. Um, 
it wasn't really clear and i don't i like i kind of don't like when a definition of a word is used like the word is in the definition it's like you have to in my experience like in my mind you have to use other words to explain that word to make it make sense to others i don't know but that's just me you know like i'm not einstein or anything but that's just those are my thoughts so um i was disheartened about like the fact that I couldn't really find a straightforward example of what, boom, sorry, I forgot to switch it, but I, I couldn't really find a direct definition on the internet of what sex means. Um, and I feel like that's why the world is so lost when it comes to such an intimate act that's so popular. Like sex is so popular. Every, a lot of people do it. I'm not gonna say everybody does it, but a lot of people do it and consume it in a lot of different ways. Um, so the fact that this thing is so taboo, but it's so popular, such a big deal to people is crazy. So my, my question to you is what is sex to you? What does sex mean to you? For me, there's a different, there's a few different elements. Like we talked about in our last talk, relationship. If you haven't watched that, that video, I highly recommend you, um, tap into that video. Even if you want to stop this video and come right back, um, this one, this video ain't going nowhere. I post all these videos. But anyway, moving forward. So I was sitting and I was thinking um, about sex and what, what all it entails. And from my own experiences, stories I've heard, different, different things, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I came up with six different elements. Like I said, this is not the end all be all. Of course, sex is very vast and there's a lot of different elements to it and a lot so i'm just going to speak to my experience and what i thought what i've gathered right so boom number one communication right um communication for me is having uh in regards to sex i believe that communication um is an element of it and i think it's important to have sex positive conversations in safe community and communicating needs with partners via vocabulary like knowing vocabulary knowing language and understanding having an understanding between you and your sexual partners or partner uh, or even having an understanding of yourself your body what you need and what you need to put in your body for it to operate right or for your ph to be right or for you know what i'm saying like your, the chemicals in your body to be you know like sex can really affect people in a lot of different ways um so yeah that's number one communication number two is energy and essence i believe that uh that can be identified as attraction or chemistry and so have you ever met those people or those persons where you're like dang like we have this undeniable chemistry between one another um and i like that shit you know <laughs> uh, sometimes it's really intense sometimes it's really subtle um but it's an energy it's an essence it's an attraction um but i think that that's an element of sex for some people some people are interested in having sexual chemistry with a person um or an attraction to a person before they can engage in the act of sex with a person number four is foreplay um so that that could t uh that can entail kissing sharing fantasies touching each other's genitals to increase sexual excitement um and and not increase natural lubrication also i think that foreplay looks very different for every person and that goes back to communication sometimes 
you got to have a conversation. You have to have the buffet conversation about not only sex, but foreplay. What is it that you like? What is it you don't like? Um, do you do you enjoy this? Do you want me to do this? Do Can you not do that? I don't feel most comfortable when you do that, you know? I'm like pro-communicate, pro, you know, get your needs met, say what you need, open your mouth, you know? Number, uh, lost track, I think this is one, two, three, four. Number four, oral sex. I believe that is an element of sex. Sometimes that happens before, during, or after the act of sex. Um, sometimes that is the sex for people, right? Like we had sex, we had oral sex, boom. Um, but oral sex is the act of one's mouth on another person's genitalia. Uh, and, also, and then there's uh, anal sex. So the way that I define this is uh, genitalia or, genitalia or pleasure instruments inserted in another person's anal canal. Um, and that, you know, like, <laughs> sorry, that, that scream just distracted me. That's one thing. Um, and then sex involving genitalia, right? And so for me, I've had um, sexual interactions with uh, the opposite sex, uh, the cis cisgender males. And then I've had sex with cisgender females. Um, for me, when it, when it involves genitalia, that can look very different for a lot of different um, genders and a lot of different people who have different genitalia. So that's not all the same. So that's why I asked you, what does intercourse look like you for what, uh, when it comes to your genitalia? So now that we got through the bulk of that, we can take another deep breath. Woo! We're working through it. We're doing great. Send me a thumbs up if you're still here. I appreciate you. Boom. Um, and so how do we tie these things together? Because clearly they're very much tied together, right? They're so taboo. People don't like talking about them. People feel uncomfortable. If you're super religious, you don't like publicly talking about sex. If you're super sexual, you don't like talking about religion. You know, you don't want to be nowhere near religion. And I believe that for me as a person of color, as a queer woman of color who is been presenting, um, vibrant, I take up space wherever I am, I do my thing, and I've learned how to make myself small um, in, in this patriarch world full of patriarchy, narcissism, racism, bigotry, uh, homophobia, all the, all the systems of hate, right? So I believe that uh, religion can be oppression for some people. I feel, I feel in my experience that I was very much oppressed into living a certain way. Um, but I feel like that people regurgitate religion um, because that's what they were taught. And it makes sense to them at some point after you get told something so many times, you're going to start believing it. Uh, and it's just it's just going to be what you spew out. It's going to be the way that you build your life, the way you, uh, you build relationships, the choices you make, clothing you wear, sexual practices food you eat whatever your religious practices can impact that right um and so when it comes to sex and religion my question to people is is if you have an experience with religion is religion a place where we have learned how to speak honestly or openly to god and community about natural legal sexual desires and i want to make that so clear i mean all legal 
Le only legal. If it's legal, I'm talking to you. If it's not, you're in the wrong. You're you're having we're having the wrong discussion here because this isn't the talk for you. But um, <laughs> I believe in my in my encounters with God, I realized that um, I realized that I wasn't getting the results with my relationship with God that I wanted to majority of my life until I realized that telling the truth is really important. And it makes me tell it. Speaking the truth reminds me of the scripture, right? Um, Luke 6:45, and this is the New, Le New Living Trans Translation. And so this this scripture says, "A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produ produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart." What you say flows from what is in your heart. And so if if what's in my heart is is uh, if I can't speak to how, what I'm feeling honestly about my sexual desires or my interests my life um can i have a real relationship with my higher power because if you think about it from a person to person context i want my friends my family the people around me to be honest with me i want them to live their life and and be who they who they are i i believe that honesty is the best policy like i've said before and i believe it's important to show who you are so you can give you can know the truth of the people around you and you can give people a decision whether to choose you or not with that being said um I, there was a point that so I'm still practicing celibacy right and there's a point that I got in my my relationship with God where I'm like I'm having these I'm changing my mind about a lot of things and the end result of this is not looking the way that I thought it would in from the beginning and so this is how I feel about sex and sexuality this is how I feel about my body and when I got more honest with with God and in my prayers in my relationship I start to see more positive outcomes and I started to realize I didn't really have to hide myself because God created me is what I believe. And God, like, it's, I'm figuring it out. God already know who I am. That's, that's my belief, you know? God, the universe, and everything that's divine. I'm just, I'm just here to align and have an experience with divinity in the world, you know? And bring happiness and smiles from time to time, you know? Uh, so that's, that's one thing. And then... So context and dialogue, uh, when it comes to religion, sexual immorality is something that is taught heavily to stay away from, you know? What does that mean to you? What does sexual immorality mean to you? Uh, for, so the definition of immorality is not conforming to expected standards of morality. Y'all know I hate that shit. Why are you using the word to explain the word in the definition? But morality, uh, I think, believe I think it's just another way to say integrity, right? Uh, integrity is a practice, a, a practice of doing what is just and what is upright. And so, when it comes to, for example, for me, integrity means a lot. When I say I'm gonna do something, my word means a lot. You know, um, for example, I tell you guys I'm going live at six. I don't care if I'm not home or, or wh where I am. I'm going to set this phone up and I'm going to find some light and we're going to have this conversation because I promise that we're going to do this at six. Um, that's just a superficial example, but it's like if I tell somebody I'm going to do something, um, I'm going to follow through with that. That's my integrity. That's where I stand. And I, I, that means a lot. My word means a lot to me um, and everything like that. And so 
doing what is moral, doing what is of integrity. Um, I think as far as in a sexual context, I think it's important for me, for me, I believe that um, what can be deemed immoral in a societal context can be having multiple sexual partners, but not communicating that to all the people that you're in, uh, active with. I think that me personally, now I'm not here to condemn nobody. All I'm going to say is I think it's really important to take agency and responsibility over your sexual health. And I think it's important to invite people in on the conversation if you are engaging in such an intimate act where things can happen or be transmitted, you know, um, and disclose certain things with that person, you know. Um, and if you don't want to have those conversations and you want to have something really casual and no strings attached, then there are there are contraceptives contraceptives and instruments to make sure people are safe when they're when they engage in these activities i understand that that's not the case for everybody not everybody has the opportunity language or uh circumstances to do that however that's what i believe you know from my perspective i know that it's different for i know it's different for people who have a different lifestyle who are in sex work or raised in sex work or experience all these different things so you know like i'm open to discussion about that but i think that so to bring it back to my point is I believe that not disclosing certain information with sexual partners can be deemed as immoral. So I'm taking, honestly, I'm just taking like what I've learned with religion and, and just flipping it. Because honestly, sexual immorality is like, in my experience, um, it's taught in a religious context that anything below the waist, if you think about your genitalia, if you think about having sex with people, that you're going to hell, you know, and all this other stuff. And it's just really fire and brimstone. But it's like, hey, um, you know, I have these hormones. I have these thoughts. I have these experiences that uh, I'm I don't feel safe enough sharing these things with you. You know, um, I don't have community to do this with. Uh, and this can in this kid this could increase risky behavior or increase harm you know so um that's another thing the, when it comes to religion and teaching immorality what is what does immorality mean to you um and if you're tracking let me know if you need me to double back if you let me know drop me a comment send me a message the conversation is always open um and then Immorality for me in a, in a more sex positive convert, uh, context is not honoring boundaries or soliciting consent to engage in legal or sexual acts or honoring sexual po politics uh, amongst community. Uh, I'm pressed for time, so I'm going to let that be right now. But if you want to talk more about that, we'll, we'll double back. Um, I believe it's immoral to withhold status of sexual health and not inquire about your partners. Uh, but when it comes to sexual immorality in religion, where were we having these conversations? You know, like I was very, like when it comes to religion in church, I was very much scared out of having sex or even thinking about it. You know, and honestly, when I, when I lost my virginity, it wasn't a big deal to me. I actually felt shame from the people who found out. You know, I didn't feel shame until other people were aware of it. And then on top of that, my sexuality added a whole nother layer of events, you know? And so, um, what is your experience? How do you feel about sex uh, in regards to religion and things like that? Um, boom. Moving through. Through and through. 
okay um were we having uh trauma-informed sexual health in church which like that, that <laughs> no no we weren't you know we, no we weren't we absolutely were not um but i know i reached my cap for time so i'm gonna i'm gonna uh move through these things you know honestly we might have to move it up to 35 minutes because there's just so much to talk about but uh so when it comes to religion my experience i was brought up in a very shame-based environment you do what is not of the word or what the pastor is saying then you are shamed and you need to you need to stop what you're doing and we're gonna let everybody know we're gonna tell people and we're gonna make you the outcast until you get back on the straight and narrow um to uh to 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 align with the congregation and our one thought one way one mind one god like uh theology right um <laughs> number one number two leadership right so i had this youth pastor and to make a long story short uh I believe that he was forced to get married to this woman because they they got pregnant outside of wedlock. Now, this is a leader in my life. This is somebody I look up to. This is somebody I uh, who is esteemed in my mind. And when it comes to shame-based religion, which is what I grew up in, it was very traumatizing because I was taught to be afraid of God, not you know, not have a honor for God as far as fearing God and so this situation that took place um the the leader the leadership at my church back when I was younger caught wind that the youth leaders were sleeping around with each other and all this other stuff and um and basically the pastor made them um the group of people who were my leaders my youth leaders come up to the front of the church on bible study on a bible study night and they had to confess to the church and say sorry for their behavior I, that really terrified me and in my mind it taught me that that what they were doing was wrong and immoral and just all these things and that you know God is God is mean God is petty God is all this like God is angry and all this other stuff but in my mind why would God make uh, why would God make us have legal sexual desires uh, and it be off limits I had to learn that we are sexual beings not sexual creatures and it's and it's okay you know um and so i feel like uh growing growing up in religion is a sex negative environment and i know that i i've had friends i've had conversations with friends in catholicism they grew up in catholicism and you know like i didn't grow up catholic and i don't know all the theology around those different practices but uh it was very similar in the way that it's like you don't you don't think about the no-no place and it, calling it the no-no place it's like no this is my butt this is my vagina these are my breasts this is my back this is my skin this is my body you know um but uh you know growing up in church it was like super super body negative sex negative uh, sexuality negative and all this other stuff. I was having a conversation with a friend last night and I'm like, yo, I, I do not believe that Jesus wasn't dropping something. You know what I'm saying? Like, when Jesus walked the earth, I'm sure he dropped something. You know? <laughs> you can't, like, look. Uh, I digress. Um, 
And then another issue that I have with religion is that some some uh, some religious settings over spiritualize sexual trigger warning, sexual trauma. Um, when people say, oh, there is nothing that God can't, you know, God can take the trauma away from you. God can heal you. God can God can take that pain away from you. This, that and the third. I've been to churches. I've heard religious leaders say um, I've heard religious leaders say um ain't nothing yoga can do that eight hours of prayer can't ain't nothing the doctor can prescribe that god can't take away um i believe that the bible says be wise if i'm not mistaken and so if if we are having um a chemical reaction to something or we're feeling away or our mental health is not stable or you know or we have feelings and emotions you i can't go to therapy right jesus in therapy i can't go to therapy i can't do yoga because religious people like certain religions believe that buddhist practice are of the devil and of the world so i can't do yoga i can't get in touch with my body oh and i have to i have to take i have to cover my body every time i'm in church because uh as a femme presenting woman who is um curvy or has different features I can't wear certain things because I will cause men to sin and fall short of the glory of the Lord. So all this, so all this growing up, like from 10 till present, I was taught and I've had to learn and unlearn in these last years. I was taught that other people's behavior is my problem. If I get violated or if I get disrespected or if someone makes a pass at me, that's my problem. And I just think that that's so, it's so, it's, it's steeped in patriarchy. Um, I know that you guys can hear that music in the background, so just let me know if, if it's difficult to hear me, because I just keep raising my voice and like letting it down. Um, but yeah, crazy. Religion and sexuality is just so interesting, it's so taboo. And for me, religion is created by man. And sex, sex, sex and sexuality is a divine, it's divine nature. It's a divine thing, I believe that. Um, but and i believe that not addressing sexual trauma appropriately especially in the black church um is how it keeps getting passed down um in my experience i had a conversation with someone and it enlightened me on the ways that my genitalia was neglected growing up because of sexual trauma that uh my family members have experienced and so trauma can be translated in that way like it could be traumatizing for uh, i remember one time i was processing something that i've experienced when i was younger and it, it became so overwhelming for me to change my niece's diaper so i had to tell my sister like i'm processing some stuff right now communicate it i'm processing some stuff right now it's a little difficult for me to change my niece's diaper i just need a little grace right now and I, I, you know, I moved through that and I got to a point where I was like, okay, we're going to make this work because I know I'm a safe person for my niece. My niece identifies me as a safe person and she's in charge of her body, right? And so I started to implement certain practices with my niece, um, informing her, hey, can, can you please remove your clothing so I can get you ready for your bath? Or I'm about to change your diaper and I'm going to touch your, your bottom, okay? And then I'll give her eye contact when I do it. But that really, that really helped me heal through that process because I need to change my niece's diaper, you know? <laughs> but I also need to honor my process. 
so there was a little time that I couldn't um I couldn't change it just because it was just so triggering but also I had to realize that I'm gonna heal I'm gonna get better I'm gonna do what I need to do to move through this and I did and I and I in that process I created a space for my niece to be open and honest with me um, and, and embrace her body at three three years old <laughs> so anyway uh, sexual trauma can be overly spiritualized and, and passed down because of religion. Religion can literally be a conduit of that. And I've experienced it and I've seen it. I've heard it. You know, what do you think about that? What are your thoughts on that? You know, um, I believe that because I've heard so many times in the church, you don't have sex till you're married. You practice purity. You know, you, you practice uh, purity and you stay you stay celibate until the day that you marry the love of your life, right? Because of what a lot can happen if you even believe in marriage, a lot can happen from the day that you're born to the day that you get married. And I don't know if you guys ever heard of Kev on stage, K-E-V O-N O-N-S-T-A-G-E. Kev on stage. Him and his wife have a phenomenal podcast episode about purity culture. Um, and they talk about how they had to work through uh, those religious beliefs and how uh, them waiting, like Kev's wife waited to have sex um, when they got married. And so when they got married, she, a lot of trauma surfaced for her because she's like, I've never done this before. She was unable to stay present during sex and there was just a lot going through her mind because there weren't conversations there wasn't it wasn't a social norm it wasn't a normality she didn't grow up in a she didn't have a sex positive experience in the church and i believe she was a pastor's daughter and so i just think that's really interesting you know like whether you engage in sexual acts or not i think you should be having a conversation about sex talk about it you know it's not a cuss word you know <laughs> it's so no it's like normal the legal acts are so normal we don't have to make it a big deal uh, but like I said having a sex negative religious experience can increase probability for risky behavior and abuse clearly I'm so passionate about this but I've had I've uh, like I just want people to feel safe enough to talk about sex and say I'm having these feelings and I just really hope that if you're if you're watching this video and you're an older person and you got young people in your life, find a way to make talking about sex a very normal thing with the youth in your life. Or with the be a safe person. Be somebody who's not gonna be weird and, and condemn people and shame people. If you got sexual trauma or you feel a way about sex, get go sit in somebody's chair and talk about that shit so you can get yourself in order so that we can help reduce harm in these children and the youth you know like there's very there's very 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 there's very very uh gentle ways that we can teach consent at a young age we can teach sexuality at a young age because hormones develop more and more i feel like kids are getting like when their hormones are developing i feel like they're getting younger and younger because of what's in our food and just how you know you know like when my when ugh, like that's all i'm gonna say hormones are coming they're coming and and i think we just need to be prepared for them so with that being said 
last but not least, critical thinking. Here's some homework, right? Um, how has religion jaded your sexual experience? Do you feel a large amount of shame before, during, or after sex or sexual acts? Do you have a safe person to talk about sex with? And I don't care what age you are. I don't care if you're, you're five or 105. Do you have safe people to talk about sexual experiences or interests or desires? Legal, legal sexual experiences, desires, <laughs> interests. Do you have those safe people in your life? Do you have those interests? Like, not those interests. Do you have those safe people in your life? Do you have community? Do you have the language, the vocabulary? You know, like, I feel like it's no excuse not to have those things, especially because of the internet, the World Wide Web. There are so many accounts, literally on my Instagram that I'm following, that can te talk about teaching children consent, healing from sexual trauma, um, learning how to talk about sex or be a safe person to talk about sex with. And there's sex therapists, sexologists. Get you a consultation, get you a free 30-minute session. See how you feel about that, okay? Last but not least, do you desire to be more sex positive? If you do, this conversation is a very great start. And thank you for being here. Um, so I just want to uh, leave by saying thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for dropping comments, comments and sharing your interest and, and your, your thoughts and your intellectual property. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to respond to these comments because I went well over my time. Um, but I'm going to respond to these comments individually. Uh, and I just, I just really want to say thank you. If you want to donate to the Sex Talk, you can cash app or Venmo me at Legend143. L-E-G-E-N-D-143. Um, and yeah, like I said, the conversation does not stop here. We can keep it going. This is just not even the tip of the iceberg. But keep, keep, keep working on being sex positive. Be nice to yourself. Do something nice for yourself. Happy Sunday. I appreciate y'all. Talk to you later.